when I'm doing PD or talking with people, I talk a lot about pathways. And so that's something that I think is brilliant about Flipgrid because we're giving students those creative opportunities to respond. It's meaningful, it's personal, it's relevant, it's unique to their learning style. And as educators, we're constantly exploring and aware and working towards supporting all those different learning modalities, right? Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where we profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the voices that are sparking their thinking and igniting their practice. This episode of the show is sponsored by Fidgets. Fidgets are interactive USB sensors that allow students to bring code to life quickly and easily from their computer. Try Fidgets out for free by visiting bit.ly slash fidgetsonfire. That's Fidgets with a PH and ordering your free starter kit today. Not only will you receive some free gear, you'll also be helping the podcast. Again, to order your free Fidget starter kit, just go to bit.ly slash fidgetsonfire. Now, I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today I'm speaking with Anne Cosma. Anne is the Educator Innovation Lead at Flipgrid and presents regularly at education conferences across the country, including Q, ISTE, and many others. Her personal blog is titled Tech, Travel, Teach, and that sounds like a winning formula to me. You can follow Anne on Twitter at ncosma 723 on Instagram and Facebook at the same handle, on our website at techtravelteach.com and on YouTube, you'll find her at ncosma 723 as well. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to light it up? I am, my friend. I'm so excited to connect with you today. Well, it's all my pleasure. I've been waiting for a while. And, you know, you are one of those guests, Anne, that I thought for a long time, I really need to build up this podcast before I would even dare to ask someone like Anne Cosma to come on the show. So here we are. Thank you for accepting. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your current context in education? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so I am one of the educator innovation leads on Team Flipgrid. I have the great privilege and honor of working alongside Jess Boyce and Jornay Armont. We're the three teachers helping teachers on Team Flipgrid. And um, prior to that, I was a teacher in the Fullerton School District in Southern California. So I spent most of my time in a first grade classroom. And then I spent four years as a teacher on special assignment. On the West Coast, we call them TOSAs. So my role was to support K-8 teachers with the innovative and instructional use of technology. And I'm coming up now on two years with my time at Flipgrid. So I love being a teacher helping teachers. Amazing journey. And that first grade position is really where you got your energy, right, Ann? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I guess so. A little bit of a firecracker spirit and uh, the energy to teach young scholars was sort of like you walk on campus and you are on and kind of chill out, had hammock time every night when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's serving you well at Flipgrid. That spark and that energy is just contagious. We're going to get into that more. But first of all, it is story time. So if you don't mind, uh, share with us about a low moment or an experience of adversity, and that you faced somewhere in your teaching or education career. And of course, describe how you overcame it. Yeah, this is such a fantastic question. 
I love that you're asking folks to like, what is something that you've overcome? And as educators, we model what lifelong learning looks like. And I think back on my time in the classroom and I think back to my school community. Um, we were a Title I school. We had a, a high population of English learners, but it was an incredible, amazing community of scholars that were truly empowered to think outside the box when it came to owning their learning. And um, it didn't come easily. We, we had a lot of challenges at my school and uh, we found ourselves in year four of program improvement, which if you know a little bit about that, it's not a great place to be. Uh, we had our administrator removed actually, and um, a new one put in place that, that helped us as a teaching staff really truly overhaul our own teaching practices and look at what like pedagogy looks like and what are we responsible for teaching and that articulation between the grades and everything was transformed what teaching looked like what learning looked like and at the same time we were going through that this new administrator was just this incredibly visionary leader she implemented a one-to-one -one program in 2010 at my school and so the way I taught and the way I learned to integrate technology and ed tech to empower my students to show what they know, to create content and not just consume it, that was a big transformative experience for me that was sort of going from low to high. Uh, we got out of program improvement. We became a, a Title I Academic Achievement Award School and Apple Distinguished Program. And, and people started going, what's what's happening there? There's a major shift. So I'm so proud of the way our students rose up, took ownership, shifted engagement, and literally everything was transformed. Wow. I think that story speaks to a few things, not the least of which is just the power of influence, the power of change when you have that shift in leadership and philosophy, right? Like all of a sudden your entire school culture is completely transformed. Now, I did want to ask one practical question. When you talk about one-to-one, -one, did that include primary students as well? Like were your, did each of your first graders have access to their own device? Yeah, absolutely. So this started in 2010. And in fact, the device was the very first iPod Touch, first generation. <laughs> it did not even have a camera on it. And each of my first graders got their own. Um, I was at a K-6 school, so we started iPod Touch. And I remember having these teeny tiny microphones we would plug in. And to me, that's how I started. I started with book talks. I started with oral reading fluency. I started with letting students share their authentic voice. And it was the most powerful when you saw that sparkle and that love for learning just shift. And so, yep, even in our youngest grades, kindergarten students, we were one-to-one -one in kindergarten through sixth grade starting in 2010. Amazing. Well, definitely ahead of the curve. And we can see where you fell in love with the power of student voice during those days. I love the reference to that first generation iPod touch. I think we can all remember seeing our very first one and definitely transformative, right? Yeah. And we've seen the Flipgrid platform absolutely explode in the last two years, in part due to its acquisition by Microsoft and, of course, due to your enthusiasm and your innovative leadership. When I ask my guests on the podcast for their number one ed tech tool recommendation, 
Flipgrid is their answer more than any other tool. It's not even close. What do you think it is that makes Flipgrid such an important platform? And what are some of the latest features that have you really excited about the future of learning? Okay, so that I just have to say, it's so incredible to hear that. And it warms my heart. And like, you know, my teacher heart just burst with happiness because it's it's teachers having an, a tool, Flipgrid, that provides these innovative ways for students to share their learning. And when I'm doing PD or talking with people, I talk a lot about pathways. And so that's something that I think is brilliant about Flipgrid because we're giving students those creative opportunities to respond, right? It's meaningful, it's personal, it's relevant, it's unique to their learning style. And as educators, we're constantly exploring and aware and working towards supporting all those different learning modalities, right? So if you think about the tools in the Flipgrid camera, whether it's that you know selfie style video or utilizing the digital whiteboard, the inking tool, I love that. Um, Flipgrid is absolutely flexible and it can be as simple or as sophisticated as you want it to be. Uh, one of the things I'm way stoked about is the split screen board. So you can be on video and annotating or working through a problem or showing a visual at the same time. Um, so those teaching moments, the, the, you know, solving an equation or documenting a process. It's also the personal connection when you see that face or the smile accompanying it. So I can't wait for the split screen boards. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing, Anne. And I think as so many districts of schools across the nation go back to a form of either remote or hybrid learning, Flipgrid has to be at the top of the list in terms of building connection. You talked about it, seeing those faces, hearing those voices, and, you know, I always think of Flipgrid as an asynchronous service, but you're bringing in more and more synchronous real-time services as well, right? And, and that can only strengthen those connections too. So super exciting developments over there at Flipgrid. As you look across your PLN and your own professional practice, and what else is setting you on fire about education today? Is there something else that's got your attention? Yeah, I, I've you know been doing a lot of reflecting on the way educators have been, um, my gosh, making the world go round, bringing the heart and hustle every single day as, as we all had to shift when when this you know pandemic took over and we all shifted the way instruction and teaching and learning looked like. I loved that so many, and I still love that so many continue to explore new ways to support their community um, and maybe almost have been able to give more space to that regarding, you know, relationships or communities. So the focus on social emotional learning or SEL, I'm obsessed with all of the incredible things that folks are doing that really support their community. Um, I've been saying this quote lately. This is a quote from Mike Smith, who's the chief heart officer at one of our awesome Discovery Library partners. They're called Find Your Grind. And he says, you can't cancel community. So you hear Jess Jordan and I talk about relationships all the time. We believe it. We lived it in our own classrooms as coaches in our role now. And that's one thing I've seen teachers do. It's relationships first and learning naturally follows. 
So the focus on SEL and social awareness and management and relationships and responsibilities, that's what we're all doing, right? As, as individuals, as lifelong learners. But one of the things that's really kind of just, I'm so, so excited about is how there's also this focus on social justice and conversations about race and equity and how that's a massive part of all of this community building. And so my heart, my heart just bursts with hope uh, as we all continue to grow and learn, and listen and lean in. Um, and maybe, maybe this is a good time to mention, you know, I'm so stoked about some of our new Discovery Library partners like the Langston League and Made by Dyslexia that are coming in. So it's a focus on social emotional learning, but really celebrating diversity and inclusion as well. And that's what's setting me on fire lately. Okay, so and just elaborate on that for a moment. What do you mean when, when you talk about Discovery Partners coming? You're talking about partnering with Flipgrid, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So when educators go into their Flipgrid account, one of the tools they have access to is what we call the Discovery Library. And this is a database of ready-to-use content, ready-to-use topics by fellow educators around the world, as well as featured partners. So we have folks like the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Code.org, Epic Books for Kids, Nearpod, Flocabulary. I mentioned Find Your Grind, California State Parks, all of these incredible partners that are giving their content to educators around the world to use. So Langston League is coming in as well as Made by Dyslexia. If folks are in there now, you might notice a new Lego education tile that just went live. So what these are are resources from incredible, brilliant partners and, and educators around the world. I love to say, Timothy, it's, it's you know, Go, we're sharing the best or finding your next. And it's all about, you know, sometimes working smarter, not harder, and go and find ready to ready to use content and just get it right in the discovery library, right inside of Flipgrid. That sounds incredible. And one thing I'm learning already in this conversation, Anne, is there is a lot more to Flipgrid that I still need to explore myself. So thank you so much for opening my eyes. And I know I know I'm not the only one. So teachers, check out these these incredible partners and resources embedded right in the Flipgrid platform. Well, Anne, how are you looking to grow professionally and improve your practice right now? It's a turbulent time. It's a time full of challenges. Can you share with us about a specific professional goal or maybe a project that you've got in your crosshairs right now? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I am constantly sort of examining myself as a lifelong learner and as an educator and working in education technology, looking at, at what does that mean? What does that look like? So some of the big projects I'm working on right now are helping create and curate new resources that, that folks can use um, as we get ready to launch all of these new updates coming to Flipgrid. But also, I'm re-examining and constantly exploring what does that look like for myself as a professional learning leader? So just Renee and I are collaborating on some really cool new professional development experiences, um, some new things. This is the first time I've talked about it publicly that we're, we're bringing into Flipgrid. So definitely stay tuned for that. But um, professional goals I set for myself 
I honestly, truly want to continue to level up my skills in utilizing like the Microsoft suite of tools, um, specifically PowerPoint. And the reason why I set that as a professional goal for myself is when I was teaching in the classroom and as a coach, um, my school domain was a different domain. We were Google Suite for Ed, but now I work solely in Microsoft products and I'm constantly um, leveling up the way my workflow, the shortcuts, the speed, the frequency, the fluency. And here's a goal that I have. This is what I one goal that just is ongoing as I work. I deconstruct other people's content, meaning if I get a really rad PowerPoint slide deck from somebody, I'll click on the things and, and notice how they built it so that I can take that into my own practice and level up my own creation or my own design skills. So that's kind of a mishmash of professional goals and, and some projects I'm working on, I guess, is the only way to describe it. It's a mishmash, right? It totally is. But I love that last example, Anne, and I think more of us need to be doing that in terms of not just being wowed by some of the things we see across edgy Twitter, but really breaking them down, as you say, deconstructing and saying, hey, how are they getting there? Because it is achievable. I think sometimes even teachers get that fixed mindset to say, you know, only Anne Cosma can do that or only Holly Clark can do that. And the list goes on. But hey, we can. this is all within reach, right? Yeah, and that's the brilliant thing about about being connected and having friends in the EDU world is everybody's sharing content with the world. And I love to say push all the buttons and every click matters. So I, I learn a lot by actually kind of considering the design element or the layout or how did they do that transition? And you can find out a lot when you click on something and push a few buttons. <laughs> it's that spirit of adventuring and tinkering and curiosity, right? Yep, yep. Well, on that on that theme of lifelong learning, and I like to ask this question, and in your case, I'm especially interested in hearing the answer with someone who just oozes passion the way you do. Outside of education, what's another area of learning for you? What is it that really ignites your passions and brings you alive as a human being? Oh, wow. This is uh, this is an awesome question. So um, it's also, I think, kind of an interesting question to answer. And what makes me come alive as a human is um, you referenced my website, Tech, Travel and Teach. And I'm absolutely passionate about education technology. I love, love to travel, but that's all on pause right now. And so the combination of tech, travel, and teach, I think, is rooted in, in I don't know, my upbringing. And I have these memories from being, uh, being a young child looking at National Geographic magazines and wanting to be a photojournalist for National Geographic. And so digital arts, digital photography, I love, I mean, I have like 80,000 pictures on my iPhone right now. Um, I'm constantly tinkering with like graphic design. Hence the reference to leveling up my PowerPoint skills because I love to design in a slide. Um, but some other things that I just love to do and other areas of learning is related to crafty kind of things. Um, I think that's something that's just I've carried over with my life, my whole life since I was a kid. And uh, recently I did like a, a T-Rex, a unicorn and a llama embroidery project <laughs> during all this quarantine. Um, but areas of learning, like new areas of learning, just I think it's constantly trying to like learn a little bit more about what 
balance and mindfulness looks like in my life. And if I'm not creating in some way, um, maybe like a new focus could be like yoga. And, and Timothy, I kid you not, I guess maybe this is what I should have started with. One area I'd love to learn more about is called rebounding. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say this. They're trampoline workouts on mini trampolines. So maybe this area of learning <laughs> is all related to physical health, mindfulness, wellness. But I really want to learn a little bit more about rebounding workouts. Uh, and I guess that would just be like jumping on a trampoline for some fun and exercise too. <laughs> Very fun. You are braver than I am. I'm now in my 40s and I'm at the age. I feel like my body is is becoming fragile. So I don't think too much more trampolining is in my future, but my hat goes off to you. That is admirable as well. Well, that's a fun list of pursuits. And thank you so much. I love the, the, the T-Rex embroidery and everything else you shared there. Very cool. And you talked about balance. You talked about being productive and and also staying well at the same time. So on that note, share about a personal habit or a productivity hack that contributes to your success. Is there a routine or an app or habit that helps you get it all done? Yeah. So this is a really great question too. And I've had asked this of you know, friends in my, in my circle in my life too. What, what do you do? And I just referenced the, um, every click matters and work smarter, not harder. So one of the productivity hacks I do all the time is use timers. I used timers all the time in my first grade classroom. I use them all the time in my real life now, but it really does truly help me focus on a specific task or goal or project, you know, for X amount of time. I'm even like using them with my two-year-old niece when we're playing or set a timer as we transition from play to clean up or something like that. But time blocking really has helped me be super productive and focus. Otherwise, I'm the kind of person who gets lost in the sauce and the decision fatigue of all the things. Um... And so that's just one habit. And it's just either, you know, talking to that digital assistant on your telephone saying, hey, so-and-so, set a timer for, or setting the, the timer in the clock app that comes on your phone. So it's not a fancy tool, but it's a super handy one. That makes a lot of sense. And and I have to ask, I know you do a lot of presenting. So in a Flipgrid workshop, would it be pretty normal to have a countdown timer up on the big screen and say the next session starts in X minutes? Yeah, what's funny is I'm usually the one out in the hallway recording a podcast um, up until about 60 seconds before the session begins. So yeah, it's, you know, a slideshow or some music or a countdown. Uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on the day and the time. We'll get back to our conversation in just a moment. But Teachers on Fire, I need to ask you, have you received your free fidgets yet? Fidgets are interactive USB sensors that make physical computing easy. There's no soldering, wiring, or breadboarding. You simply plug in a sensor, write a few lines of code in your favorite language, and go. Fidgets are used by thousands of STEM professionals all over the world and are now available for educators. If you have a makerspace or teach coding, this tool is especially for you and your learners. Try it out for free by visiting bit.ly slash fidgetsonfire. That's bit.ly slash p-h-i-d-g-e-t-s on fire. 
you'll receive your free fidget starter kit and you'll also be helping the podcast. So thank you in advance. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Well, and it is time for your quick picks. Here we want to know the education voices and resources that are sparking your thinking and igniting your practice. So starting at Twitter, tell us about someone we should follow there and share why they've been inspiring you lately. All right. Well, definitely would recommend everybody head over and find Yuritsa Vijaba. She is a paracollaborative teacher with the NYC DOE out of Brooklyn, New York. And legit, she is inspiring. She's sharing epic content related to culturally relevant teaching and social emotional learning. And what she's doing with Flipgrid and those concepts are mind blowing and inspiring. So you can find her at INC underscore YV. Point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using in your classroom or your professional practice, I guess, besides Flipgrid, the obvious. <laughs> besides Flipgrid, uh, hands down, I am a Wakelet fan girl. I love Wakelet. I use it all the time to curate tons of info, often tweet out collections, just shared a collection on, you know, reflections and goal setting with Flipgrid, but it's a Wakelet collection. So it's, it's representing voices of educators all around the world. And I am obsessed with how Randall Sampson uses Wakelet in tandem with Flipgrid to sort of level up professional learning resources. So he's super inspiring in the way that he uses Wakelet. And it's uh, it's an app on the front page of my personal device. I use it every single day. Recommend one book and one that you've been reading lately, or maybe one of your all-time faves that has been deeply influential. Okay, you don't know how hard of a question this is to say one book, because I have 13, 13, I counted them just now, on my nightstand. Um, And one at the top is called Sail the Seven Seas with Microsoft Education, a new book by Kathy Kersnowski and Becky Keene. And I love this. It's a gorgeous collection of stories from around the world to transform and inspire your classroom. Fantastic. I will need to, I won't put you on the spot to recall the seven C's right now. I will have to look up that list because I I feel like I've sort of transitioned from four C's to five C's to six C's, but apparently I'm still missing one, but great titles there. Thank you, Anne. Are you a podcast listener? If you are, tell us about one or two that you've got in your deck that are sort of your go-to's. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I love podcasts, but I feel like I've gotten sort of out of the habit because I usually listen to a podcast while I'm driving in the car, but I haven't driven much since March. Um, But definitely shout out to Tosa's Talking Tech. That's probably one of my faves. My good friends, Michael Jeffcott and Tom Covington share fun, practical, epic ed tech advice. And then another podcast I love is called Change the Narrative with Michael Hernandez. And I love how he crafts a brilliant story, but the content he's sharing absolutely challenges me to think deeper every single episode. I think I heard Michael recently. Is he out of LA? Do you remember? Yeah, he absolutely is. He was just on a show with Claudio Zavala Jr. And and I mean, both of them, the gentlemen, they're incredible. But definitely Michael's podcast is is something I love listening to. Two more questions and both about video, which is right in your wheelhouse. First of all, YouTube. Tell us about a channel there that you enjoy and one that obviously we need to subscribe to as well. 
Okay, well, I have to plug the Flipgrid YouTube here. Seriously, we have added so much content to it in the last handful of months, from webinars to our Saturday live YouTube parties for professional development. We're doing um, the Merrill's EDU. Joe and Kristen Merrill did a takeover. So definitely check it out and subscribe at youtube.com slash Flipgrid. And last one is just for fun, no education talk here. What are you watching on Netflix right now? Okay, love this question. Shout out to a Canadian show, Schitt's Creek. I literally finished it two nights ago. Uh, I've spent the last few months catching up, and I love, I love, love, love the character development, the silly, witty dialogue, the inclusive community that's depicted in the show. Um, and I heard they were just nominated for like 15 Emmys. So that's incredible. Wow. Um, I just, so I just finished that and last night started The Good Place. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that with yes. Kristen Bell. Yeah. So I love that there's also super interesting characters there. Um, I love that it's about their, their development, personality development, the way they change and guess it's because I'm a people person and I love connecting with others. So the shows I dig into on Netflix tend to have that like unique cast, but lean towards the funny and silly side too. (laughs) A couple of pretty funny titles there. Thank you so much, Anne. And for those interested in Flipgrid, in student voice and agency, what are the best ways for them to connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So I know at the top we said uh, legit on all social. You can find me at AnnCosma723, but you can also find me at Flipgrid on all the social as well. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it's either AnnCosma723 or Flipgrid. Um, Another place you'll see me is in the hashtag FlipgridForAll. So that's our incredible community of the loudest raddest, most supportive, innovative, encouraging, passionate educators around. So hashtag Flipgrid for all is also a place you'll find me. Sounds good. And again, I know you are running on high speed right now. You've got so much going on in terms of conferences and getting schools started with Flipgrid this fall. So thank you so much for generously sharing your time with the podcast today. This has been fun. It's been inspiring. Have a great school year and take care. And I look forward to connecting again soon. I just have to say thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me on the show and and talking with you. Um, You know it. I know you know it. You share it all the time. We're all better together. So on behalf of educators everywhere, thank you for what you're doing, the awesome conversations you're sharing with the world, and everybody everywhere, thanks for all you do to empower every single voice. Before we sign off today, I'd like to share some highlights from the Teachers on Fire community. Our first stop is on Twitter, where Darren Speaksma at DSpeaksma tweeted, COVID-19 ed thought of the day. Learning happens everywhere. As you describe evidence of learning, do it in conversation with students and families. Honor the contribution of home to the learning journey. Thank you for following at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Darren, and I appreciate you sharing these daily nuggets of inspiration throughout the remote learning experience in April, May, and June. I'm glad we're connected on Twitter, and if you're not connected with Darren, make sure you locate him at dspeaksma. That's D-S-P-Y-K-S-M-A. 
Next, over on Instagram, after an Instagram Live that I shared with Tim Stevenson at Astro Stevenson, Victoria Wolders at V Wolders commented, two great Tims talking, awesome. So inspirational and reminds me of TED Talks. Should we call this a Tim Talk rather than a TED Talk? Pretty clever stuff, Victoria. Maybe I should have called my Spark episode series Tim Talks instead. <laughs> Thank you so much for following me at Teachers on Fire on Instagram. And if you are not connected with Victoria, make sure to give her a follow at V Wolders. That's V W O Elders. To all who have read, viewed, liked, retweeted, commented, or replied to my content in any way, shape, or form on any of these platforms, thank you. You are the fuel to my fire, and I so appreciate your support. Make sure you drop by the Teachers on Fire magazine on Medium, where recent pieces have featured me, Debbie Tannenbaum, and Adam Thompson. The Teachers on Fire magazine is a Medium publication, and you'll find it on Medium.com or on the Medium app. If you would like to join our growing writing team there, your first step is to create a Medium account using your Google credentials. Message Teachers on Fire on any social media platform for more details. I will leave you with this quote from my reading Teachers on Fire. It comes from a book called Culturize, Every Student, Every Day, Whatever It Takes. And it's written by Jimmy Cassis. You'll find him on Twitter at Cassis underscore Jimmy. And the quote reads this way. Everyone here has the capacity to lead, and everyone here is responsible for the culture and climate of your organization. And of course, you can think about your school building and learning community as I read that quote one more time. Everyone here has the capacity to lead, and everyone here is responsible for the culture and climate of your organization. I love that idea of leading whatever the title, Make sure you connect with Jimmy Cassis on Twitter, Instagram, and other platforms. And of course, again, the book is called Culturize, Every Student, Every Day, Whatever It Takes. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and I'm so grateful that you decided to spend some of your day listening to this podcast. I hope that in some way the content you heard here from Anne Cosma sparked your thinking and ignited your practice. And I'll meet you next week right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast. Take care, stay safe, and keep on learning.